I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own feminist perspectives. You got this, Keegan. Should we leave that in or cut that out? I'd say we just leave it in. All right, we're leaving it in. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot how to speak all of a sudden. It's like, Keegan, this is our podcast. It's our podcast. And we talk about feminist issues. I actually had to explain to this guy the other day I was at my friend's pool. And he was like, he like didn't really understand the concept of feminism. And I was just like, ugh. I don't have the energy. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, he was super high and drunk, too. And I was just like, I can't, like, we're going to get into a whole fucking thing. But I, he was basically just like, what, do y'all think you're just, like, not treated as good as men or something like that? Like, just was very, like, not. smart, this guy. He was great. And um, it just, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, but there's a lot of issues. Oh, and I was like, you know, like, this wave of feminism, it's not just about, like, our rights. It's about, like, a lot of other things, like. Speaking up for people of color, speaking up for the gay community, he goes, you're gay? I'm like, you've been hanging out with my boyfriend all day. <laughs> like, what is and your that's deal? that's not the point anyway. I know. I was you're like, also not a person of color. Like, it, it, they don't yeah. necessarily correlate. Like, uh, okay. High okay. and drunk, man. It's all good. Sorry, I already got us off. No, track. you're good. We have a lot to get through today, so we are going to try and speed through because Anthony actually chastised me just a tiny bit. What? Because not chastised, but he did like poke fun at me a little bit because he's like, um, your last mini episode was like 50 minutes long. He's like, that was not a mini episode. <sighs> and I'm like, shut up, we had a lot to say. Man. Um, as we do this week. So wouldn't you want more of the people that you love, Anthony? Whatever. Yeah, are you saying you're not Stop. enjoying it? Yeah, more Keegan and Madigan all the time. That's what I think, anyway. Right? Agreed. Um, all right, so what do you want to start with? Well, before we get started, I just wanted to bring up once again, I'm going to bring it up at the top of the episode rather than the end, in case people don't make it to the end. Please okay. make it to the end. But if you don't, 
we are looking for mom stories for our Mother's Day episode. So if you are a mom and you have any stories about things that you were excited about whenever you learned you were going to become a mom, that you were scared about, issues that you've had being a mother, anything, it's really all-encompassing. And Mm -hmm. you don't even have to be a mom. Or if you just have experiences with your own mom stories you want to share, we want to hear about it and Mm -hmm. we want to read them. Um, for our Mother's Day episode. So please send those in to us. Our email is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or you can DM us at Angry Neighborhood Feminist on Instagram. Or at YAMF, Y-A-N-F, podcast on Twitter. Correct. Also, we have a sister solidarity story to read at the end. We do, and we have an, a listener, a oh, listener girl, story. Oh, okay. Let's, so get, a lot. let's get this thing going. Yeah, okay. let's get in there. What do you want to start with? On Friday, it was 420. Agreed. Right? And 420 for me, look, I am so pro-legalizing marijuana. I think it's long overdue. I think that marijuana is less harmful in many ways than a lot of other things than smoking tobacco or drinking alcohol in some ways. So I'm totally pro-legalizing it, but I do find that a lot of the marijuana in popular culture really annoys me. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that is because we've glorified this idea of, like, the white stoner in Mm -hmm. movies like Days and Confused and, like, all these movies where it's totally normal and totally part of American culture to smoke weed. Right. And, like, it's so normal. However, people of color are far more impacted by these drug laws and by far... I feel like still stereotyped, too. Oh, absolutely. And by far more, like, the incarceration rates are far, far, far higher. Um, And so it kind of annoys me when I'm reading articles that are like, yoga moms, like, smoking weed and then going to pick up their kids from carpool. And I'm like, hmm, just rubs me wrong. Like, it makes me feel shitty. yeah. In, like, a, a weird way that I can't yeah, totally articulate. Yeah, it's not everyone's experience, so you have to be aware of... Yeah, because other people are getting their kids taken away and have been forever because yeah. they they do something that... Yeah, you have to... It's another thing that you just have to be aware of your privilege for. Yeah. So, Cynthia Nixon, who you might know as Miranda from Sex and the City, she is running for governor in New York, and she asked supporters on 420 to donate... when she came out for marijuana legalization in New York. She said, Can we get 1,000 people to donate $4.20 a month in the next 24 hours? Nixon tweeted Thursday, linking to a campaign donation page. The number 420 is often associated with marijuana, obviously. The candidate and former Sex and the City star was first reported stating her support for legalizing the drug at a private fundraiser last week and released a video Wednesday reiterating her stance. There are a lot of good reasons for legalizing marijuana, but for me, it comes down to this. We have to stop putting people of color in jail for something that white people do with impunity, Nixon said in the video. The simple truth is, for white people, the use of marijuana has effectively been legal for a long time. Isn't it time we legalize it for everybody else? And I think that that's freaking insane That and is amazing. using your privilege for good people. And we don't see that with, like, white politicians ever. Like, no. never do they come out just in black and white terms because there's so much, like, politics and, like, trying to get everybody to like you on both sides of the aisle yep. that no one ever just comes out and it's just like, hey, these are the truths. Yes. And that's what's been holding back the Democratic Party, in my opinion. Yeah. Because people of color don't want to hop on it because they're just like, I can tell that you're... You're just not, like, giving the whole truth because you don't want to alienate your white 
base. Yes. So, bravo to Cynthia Nixon. Bravo, man. I like her. Me too. More and more reasons to like her. I was reading about the Toronto van attack. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the Toronto van I have attack? indeed. Okay. It killed 10 people in Toronto by plowing through a busy street. The guy's name was Alec Minassian, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He's been charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder and 13 counts of attempted murder. Okay. The thing that was really, like, impactful for me is that he was very similar to Elliot Roger, who was the University of California, Santa Barbara. Yeah, he actually was... He had a post on Facebook Mm -hmm. that would use the word incel, which stands for involuntarily involuntary celibate or sexually frustrated. Yeah. And basically Sorry, it's not funny, but like No, but Jesus like what Christ. the fuck, right? Men gather online to channel their frustration into anti woman hate. He also referenced to Elliot Roger as being this supreme gentleman. Oh my God. <laughs> what? And he states, In cell rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow the Chads and the Stacys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I I did see that today. I think that was something that came out just today. Yeah. Because people were like, it's a terrorist attack, right? And that hasn't been validated yet at Mm -hmm. all. But to me, I'm like, can we talk about a different kind of terror that I feel like is happening right now? Exactly, because when we think of terrorist, we think of something, we think of like... Like the war people on of terror. color, yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, like that's what people think of in yeah. this country. Ever since nine eleven, that is, it's become synonymous, well, right? And then what bothers me too is that like they did, you know, the whole interviews of classmates and stuff like that, where they were like, "Oh, he was really like recluse and didn't have any friends and yada yada yada." And I don't know why. It just like I'm just like I don't care about this kid. Like I don't want to hear about what he was like in school. Let's focus on how right now he did something really terrible and has destroyed so many people's lives. Right. I think that there is a time and a place for dissecting what the aspects of things that can cause people to act out in this way. And it's after the tragedy a little bit. Like, I don't know, I just didn't care. When they started talking about his backstory, I'm like, I don't care that he didn't have any friends. Right, because at the end of the day, there are lots of people who don't have friends who don't do this. Exactly. So we don't get to make the... And it doesn't make him not responsible for what he did. Right, exactly. And it doesn't, for me, like you said, it doesn't explain it. Like, it just, it does it didn't need to be in there. No, it's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire puzzle, and it doesn't need to be brought up. And to be quite honest, it doesn't get brought up whenever the perpetrator of this kind of crime is not a white man. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't matter then. Yeah, no one cares. so as soon as I read that, I rolled my eyes and I was just like, what is happening Mm -hmm. to us? Yeah. Um, He got chased after the accident and when the cops finally got him, he got out and he was like, just kill me, just kill me. Which, again, I feel like, yes, one, coward. But in my head, I, I pictured the situation of... Any black male doing that and getting out of the police car and saying, kill me, I feel like he'd probably Done. be dead. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most of the time that is the case. I right? do. And they don't even, they can say, don't shoot, and they shoot. Yeah. This guy is saying, kill me, and they're like, no, you're good, man. We can take you in. You'll yeah. be all right. Yeah. It's the same thing. I always think about Dylan Roof in that, like, protective, you know, bulletproof mm-hmm. vest mm-hmm. being taken to Burger King, and I'm just like, what? the hell like Mm -hmm. what is happening here and look man i'm not saying that criminals don't deserve like basic human decency because i i do think that criminals deserve basic human decency but that has to be all across the board board. it can't just be for one person yeah or one group of people yeah agreed um well while we're on the subject subject of shootings um there was a shooting on sunday a white naked man yep 
which I feel like adds an air of like whimsy and makes something like makes it sound a little funny, but it's it's not funny at no. all. Um, a 29 year old white male um, named Travis uh, Renking, he walked into a Antioch, Tennessee Waffle House and just started shooting. He actually started shooting outside. I think he shot two people outside and then shot a few people inside the Waffle House with an AR-15, I might add. And there was this man in there who, thank God, he's really being held as a hero. Fucking love this Across guy. the board. He's yeah. amazing. He, his name is um, James Shaw. And he saw an opening. I guess the gun jammed or something. And he just saw an opening, tackled the guy, grabbed the gun, threw it across the counter, like, to get it away from him. Yeah. And then, cha- and then like, grabbed him and pulled him outside. Like, yeah. pulled, the, pulled the gunman outside. And then the gunman went, like, took off, went running. I love his selfie with his, like, wounded arm. He's, oh, like, yeah. smiling like, hey. <laughs> yeah, he got shot in the hand, I think, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but he's got, like, a scrape or something. He like, yeah. took a picture of it. But, like, the, his face is, like, it looks like some drunk guy went in and... Yeah, well, he room, was at, you know? like he was at a nightclub, and he went. To, he does what he's one of us. Like went to Waffle House after a night of <laughs> yeah. clubbing, and ended up in that like scuffle. And it was incredible to see him in the days that followed because he was so. First of all, it was great to see someone who was like in that situation who was like emotional because I feel like so many men that I see when they do stuff like that or when they talk about doing things like that. It's this big bravado of like, yeah, I took him down, you know? Mm -hmm. And he didn't have that at all. Like, he was crying and he was kind of like, look, man, I'm no hero. I I was really just looking out for myself, which sounds like it's it's not as big a deal, but it totally is because Mm -hmm. that's everybody. Like, he ended up saving people's lives because he acted. Like, he was just like fight or flight. I'm going to uh, fight, I see an opportunity, and I'm going to take it. And yeah. so... Yeah, in that him. moment, I doubt you have this inner monologue of, like, I am going to save yeah. these people and be right. a hero. You're not a Donald yeah. Trump when he's talking about Parkland, and he's like, I would run in there, gun or not, and take on this. Like, no, you wouldn't, man. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But this guy was in this situation, and he, he did this thing, and you know what? Good guy without a gun. Yep. You know, like, he did this stuff without a gun. And hearing the NRA twist this shit, have you heard that yet? No. Because the, the NRA's whole narrative, like, the way they're selling more guns is to be like, we need more guns because you need yeah, good, guys, good guys with guns in situations. And so they're like, okay, how do we combat this? They're like, he's a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a hero for saving these people. But imagine if he did have a gun. <laughs> then that guy wouldn't have gotten away. And it's like... But he took the gun away from that guy, so yeah. he he chose not to have a gun. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he could gun. have taken the AR and shot him. And we should specify. So the shooter was white. All of the victims were people of color. And then this guy, James Shaw, was black. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, thank God he threw that gun. Can you imagine if police showed up to the scene and he's the one holding the gun? He'd be dead nope. right now. Like, yep. no way. Um, but anyway, they there was like a 36-hour manhunt for this guy because he went on the lam, and they ended up finding him and capturing him today. And the thing about him is he had a history of mental illness, right? Like, he tried to go see President Trump because he was like, I'm a sovereign whatever, and like, you need to let me in to see him. He had these delusions about Taylor Swift, like, bug- like bugging him or stalking what? him. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he was... 
actually crazy. Like, the yeah. FBI took away... He had four firearms. Oh, my God. The FBI took them away from him. Yeah. And then eventually they gave them back to his <gasps> father. They gave him back to his father, oh. and his father was like, don't worry, I'll keep these far away from Travis, and then gave them back to him. His father gave him his weapons back to him. And his mom, by the way, I saw a Facebook post that his mom posted that was... She's one of those people who's just like, we have school shootings because they took prayer out of school. <laughs> and your kid with an AR-15 went and shot up, and, and four people lost their lives. Please. So, And just one last Please. thing on that. Our girl, Emma Gonzalez, wrote a response to it. She had um, her tweets went viral about this. She said, shootings don't just happen in schools. They happen everywhere in America, and now one has happened in Waffle House. You can donate all the shooting shelters to schools that you want, but at the end of the day, we can't build our world out of Kevlar. Someone is making mad money off that. She was just getting started. In a a subsequent tweet, she was sure to identify the race, white, and weapon he used, AR-15, and completely demolished the myth that the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. The gunman was tackled by an unarmed hero who wrestled the assault rifle away from him before he could murder an any more people. There goes the sales pitch. There goes the sales pitch for Smith and Wesson Corporation. Mm-hmm. She wrote, and just to be sure, there were no way her tweets could be twisted by pro NRA apologists in the right wing media. She finished with a flurry of explicitly stating her position: removing assault and semi-automatic weapons from our civilian society, instituting thorough background checks and mandatory waiting periods. And raising the buying age and banning the production of high-capacity magazines are all ways to stop shootings in America. So she's well, still know, at it. You know how Emma's words can be twisted. We know very well. Well, I think that's why she was so straightforward about, like, this is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, because yeah. she doesn't want that to be, like, taken and twisted. And that's from the Washington Press, by the way. Exactly. I have one more shooting story, and then I promise, wait, do you have any more after that? Shooting stories? No. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be the last shooting story. Forest High School in Florida. Okay, yeah. A man named Sky. I'm going to say his name is Boucher. Sure. With the way it's spelled? Looks like it. He's 19, went to a school with a shot-off, or a shot-off, a sawed-off shotgun, Mm -hmm. and shot through a door. And luckily, no one was killed. One person was injured. But what stood out to me is that it was on the anniversary of Columbine. Okay, so was that deliberate? I don't know. But the events that were supposed to happen that day is that they were all going to have a walkout. There were walkouts right. all over the place. There was heard about Parkland. There's a lot of them in commemoration for the anniversary of Columbine. And the, the walk got canceled, and instead they were barricaded in their classrooms. There's photos online of desks and chairs up against the door. The students were saying, you know, our teachers started, like, or we heard, like, code red over the loudspeaker in a voice that we knew was not a drill. The teacher started moving, like, a table over toward the door, and I guess all the students just started grabbing shit and throwing it by the door to, like, barricade themselves in and did what they were taught to do. Um, a 17-year-old was shot, and when Sky Boucher was caught, they he said that he was sorry to the victim's families, and then he said, although I know that's not going to mean anything. And he's also said that he deserves to go to prison. I wonder why he did it. I don't know, because it's weird. That's very weird. For him, yeah, for him to show that kind of remorse immediately. Yeah, like it doesn't seem pretty like much it was, immediately. It was out of, like, very strong conviction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or that maybe, maybe there was a mental illness involved where he had, like, a momentary 
Like break episode break. I don't but know. It seems like he also could just be very good at what he is doing. You know, there are yeah. people who know to say certain things because it sounds good. But um, it seems yeah, because to me it seems too orchestrated, right? For it to be some kind of like psychotic break. True. You know, like because it's you did it on the day of a walkout, which was also the anniversary of Columbine. Like yeah. to me, that seems. It, it would be a huge coincidence. Very huge coincidence. If it was just a psychotic break that happened to happen on that day. That's true. My guess is, well, not my guess, but maybe I'm theorizing that it's possible that maybe he's a teenager and he glorified something in his head that in reality was a lot more horrific than he thought. Like maybe you can talk yourself up into thinking that you're like a big bad man who yeah. can like do this and you're like, I don't give a fuck. It's not going to be a yeah. problem for me. And then when you actually do it, it's horrifying to you. Whoa, I just thought of something super interesting. So he's 19 years old, and if my math is correct, which it probably isn't, Columbine was in 99. Let's make sure. I think you're It, it was in 99, so then how old would was he when Columbine... Was that when he was born? Is my math completely off? Um, hold on. 19 years ago would have been 1999. 1999. Yeah. So that was the year he was born. Yeah. Very good harmonies. Okay, what do you got for us? Okay, I, I have, only have one other thing. I have one semi- that I can skip if I have to. I have one semi-serious thing and one very lighthearted thing. Ha, uh, yeah. Go. The semi-serious thing I have to do because if I don't do it, Anthony is going to um be upset because he wants me to do it really badly. Um, Anthony, if you want to be a part of this podcast, maybe do the editing for us. Maybe be our producer. Actually, then you can have he, more say. He actually probably would. If he had time, he probably would do the editing for us. Yeah, um, right? But, yeah, he offered to do the graphics for the episodes, and I was like, I think we like doing that. I'm yeah. Good. We enjoy doing that. Um but he wants us to do this, I know, because Anthony and I sometimes on lazy days when we're just laying at home, we watch, like, Datelines. Mm-hmm. And we watched a Dateline on this a while back before there was any forward movement on oh, this. I thought you were going to talk about the Dateline with Michaela Maroney. That one's so good. No. <gasps> I texted you about it yesterday. Oh, yeah. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have time to talk about it, but watch it. It's amazing. Um, well, this one is about that Nexium sex cult. Have you heard about that? Oh, I read, like, a headline of something that I was possibly going to talk mm-hmm. about tonight, but I didn't. So, Anthony and I watched a Dateline on this, like, mu- like a while ago, like, yeah. a couple months ago. And we were like, fuck that guy, like, the cult leader. And um, then we saw that that guy got, I, I sent it to Anthony, put it on his page, like, that that guy got arrested. And we were like, cool, awesome, great, because he'd been, like, slipping through the loops. And he's such a smarmy, like, totally average-looking guy. Like, he looks like a chubby, hairy Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, not even, like, he looks like a tech nerd, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has somehow developed this, like, cult, and he's got all these women to join it, and he's framing it as this, like, self-help women's empowerment Of course he is. And this girl, who was an actress on Smallville, Allison Mack... She was recently um, arrested for sex trafficking for being involved in this cult. And part of the things that she is involved with 
is she participated in ritual brandings and other humiliating practices to which the cult sub- uh, subjected women. So they claim that she was involved in branding these women. Like, I saw. Like, they have, like, brands. Yeah, this woman, uh, Sarah Edmondson, told Canadian Broadcast Corp last year she was branded on her lower abdomen during a painful ritual. Yeah, yeah. Gross. And um, that they are basically, like, sex slaves and that this guy wanted them to maintain his, like, physical ideal. So he, like, basically starved. Like, a lot of these women would, like, starve themselves to, like, lose the proper amount of weight. And the thing that made Anthony so mad, and I have a text from him, like, in all caps, that's like, she is not a feminist. What the fuck? Because <laughs> he sent me like an article where Did it say she was a feminist. Somewhere? She says she is. Oh, whatever. Yeah, like she says she is in her. Instagram. You give feminism a bad name, girl. Yeah, and like all over her Instagram, it's all like women empowerment and like nope. feminism shit. Nope. And you're gonna love this because at one point, I think during the midst of like he for she a couple yeah. of years ago, she tried to recruit Emma Watson through. Through Twitter. To the sex cult? Yes. Okay. What? Okay. So these are the tweets. So this is Allison Mack tweeting at M. Watson. I'm a fellow actress like yourself and involved in an amazing women's movement. I think you dig. I'd love to chat if you're open. <laughs> at M. Watson. I participate in a unique human development and women's movement. I'd love to tell you about it. As a fellow actress, I can relate so well to your vision and what you want to see in the world. I think we could work together. Let me know if you're willing to chat. Fuck you, Mac. Like, through Twitter, she was like, if I can get Emma Watson, then yes. I can get, like, everybody else. And Emma Watson was like, mm. <laughs> Just, like, didn't respond. Like, she's yeah. like, no, no. She's like, red flag, red flag. Red flag. So Damn. that girl or woman is currently out on like $5 million bail, yep. which I'm just like, because Anthony was like, it's that Smallville money that got her out. And I'm like, I don't think so. Smallville was a while ago. I bet you that's cult money that got her out of there. Yep, for sure. <laughs> because it doesn't suit their interest to have her in prison. Nope. And they set a bond, so they yeah. were able to get her out on bond. Yep. But yeah, so crazy, crazy awesome. sex cult news. Well, we were talking a little bit about he for she, mm-hmm. uh, movements by Hollywood, I read an article about whether or not Time's Up is too exclusive. In what way? There are two actresses, Thandi Newton and Asia Argento. Mm-hmm. Asia was one of Weinstein's most vocal accusers. Mm-hmm. Thandi Newton is T- Westworld. Tandy? Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know this shit. That's okay. Tandy Newton is Westworld and Argento um, has been, she's like an Italian actress that's been working for a while, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, she's married to someone... Thank Big you. Too, I think. I'm horrible yeah. at this shit. No, you're good. So Time's Up was formed by more than 300 women in Hollywood, and they are claiming that they have been excluded. Newton, Tandy Newton and Argento have been yes, excluded? Yes. This is what they're claiming. So she, Newton believes that she wasn't invited to the movement because she isn't famous enough. And Argento says that she stands with Newton. She tweets, More proof, if any was needed, that hashtag Time's Up as an exclusive club, parentheses, an extended feel-good PR opportunity for Hollywood elites that shun survivors. And um, Amber Tamblin, who was in, like, Sisterhood of the Mm -hmm. Traveling Pants, she tweets back and states that there are many in the movement that are not elite, And Jessica Chastain actually kind of took it one further and said, look, I invited you to my house. When when it happened, um, I tried to let you be a part of it. You know, you're more than welcome to be a part of it. To Argento. To Argento, yeah. She's saying that both of you are more than welcome to be a part of it. 
And Argento says, You've been so kind and supportive, not only to me, but to a lot of survivors. But when you invited me to your house, you said it was just a lunch with actresses, not that you guys were starting a movement. And Chastain says, We didn't start the movement, you did. And goes on to explain that it wasn't only A-listers. Jessica Chastain is my hero, first of all. I love her. I really like her. And I think that both bring up valid points. And I think it's something to be aware of. And that's why I wanted to mention it. Here's the deal to me. And this is just my opinion. Once again, like, it's just my opinion. But Tandy Newton, don't really know her situation. That very well could be true for her. Asia Argento was instrumental in all the stuff that happened with Weinstein. Right, and that's why Chastain is saying, you know, us getting together, that wasn't the start of the movement. What you did was. Yeah, I kind of have a hard time believing that they're intentionally leaving her out, though. You know what I mean? I mean, she might feel that way, but that doesn't mean that that's what they're doing. Yeah, and Jessica says, you know, I invited 15 people to come over to my house and 50 showed up. You know, like, right. ev- they just grabbed everyone they knew and came together. So, right, so you not taking her up on that offer to come hang out with Jessica Chastain, that sounds like your problem. You know what I mean? Right, like, and it doesn't, and you know, okay, maybe she didn't tell you what was going on, but, like, also it doesn't mean that it's her fault. It doesn't mean that she told everybody else what was going on either. It just right. means that they all happened to be there, and it seems very entitled to expect, like, a personal, like, f- formal invitation to something like this. Like, if you want to be involved in something like this, interject yourself. Right. And that's the thing is, like, sometimes for me, like, I don't like showing up to things. I need to be invited. I'm not going to, like, interject. But this is also something that, like, you have started and that you have stock in and you need to use your voice. Right. I mean, and at the end of the day, she may not have known that's what it was, but she was invited. And yeah. so you do have permission at that point then to be like, hey, like, I missed the the group meeting, but this does have to do with me. I'm very interested in this, and I want to be included in this, and I guarantee you they would have welcomed her with open arms. Yeah. Now, Tandy Newton, I don't know, and Look, I could be totally wrong about all of it, and I do see that it could be very elitist. I totally believe that. Yeah. Like, entirely. It's just with the Asia Argento example in particular where I'm kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's something to be aware of and to... Absolutely. You know, look at. Yeah, absolutely. What's your lighthearted thing? Okay, this is fun. Okay, good. I like fun. Fun in a horrifying kind of way. Oh, fun. So what real fun is. Yeah, yeah. The kind of fun we enjoy. Yes. Um, Doctors warn women against putting wasp nests in their vaginas. I mean, why? (laughs) Okay, okay, here it is. I want to put a fucking wasp nest in my vagina. It's my body and let me do what I want. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, look, you can do whatever you want, but these doctors are just saying, maybe don't. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Women are being warned against trying a bizarre new trend that suggests using ground-up wasp nests to tighten and rejuvenate their <sighs> vaginas. Some online retailers have been selling oak galls, which what are nests... I'm just I mean, it sounds very goopy. Right? That's what I'm saying. Very goopy. Um, some online retailers have been selling oak galls, which are nests that house wasp eggs before they hatch, mm-hmm. and touting them as a natural way to, of cleaning female genitals. The product, reportedly, is crushed into a paste and applied topically with one listing on Etsy, which has now been removed, claiming it can improve women's sex life. <laughs> they are also being advertised as helping to heal episiotomy cuts, rejuvenate the uterine wall, and clean out the vagina after childbirth. Guys, the- don't do it. Though there are warnings that it can burn when applied. 
Now, genealogist Jen Gunter is warning women not to get sucked in by the new trend after branding it dangerous, saying the practice is using drying agents to tighten the vagina. Writing on her blog, she said, Drying the vaginal mucosa increases the risk of abrasions during sex, Mm -hmm. not good, and destroys the protective (laughs) mucus layer, not good. Here's a pro tip. If something burns when you apply it to the vagina, it is generally bad for the (laughs) vagina. Pro tip. It can also wreak havoc with the good bacteria. This is a dangerous practice with real potential for harm. So, if you were thinking about tightening your vag using a wasp nest... Think again. Think again. Just maybe stop. Medi- meditate on it. Yeah, meditate on it. Just a good 10-second countdown on whether or not that's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just letting you know. Oh, man. Um, so we sped through those, I feel like. We did. I'm really proud of us. Hell yeah. We did this. So we got some listener mail from Vanessa. Vanessa. Our friend Vanessa. And it's from, she listened to the Gen Z Millennials episode, and she had some opinions about what makes Gen Z a more conservative generation than Millennials. And I thought she had some hot takes, so here we are. Hey, Neighborhood Feminists. I just finished listening to this episode, and I had a few thoughts about why Gen Z could be more conservative. One, I think some of this is due to the fact that Gen Z is so much more culturally diverse. If you think of future diversity and how eventually Caucasian won't be the majority, there are other cultures that are more religious, which is something I didn't even think about. Yeah. Two, some of the conservatism seems mostly fiscal, which reminds me of when the term Republican meant fiscally conservative, but didn't mean a whole bunch of other terrible things that it means now. My father was Republican, but he voted for Clinton and voted for Obama. It's just interesting that the difference between Democrat, my mom is a Democrat, and Republican wasn't always so polarizing. I'm not talking about big issues like Vietnam and civil rights, only that in my house, my dad used to talk more about financial issues, which is why he aligned himself with Republicans, probably more so before I was even born. Three, people seeking community. Something that I feel is missing in society is a sense of community. I think people can find community in church, and many churches, regardless of religion, are becoming more diverse and more accepting. The current Pope has done wonders for this movement, Mm -hmm. and I think in times of crisis, that sense of belonging is so important. Just a thought and opinion. And that's so true in my case. Like, that was a big, big part of me. Yeah, and I do see, like, this Pope is fantastic that we have, and I do think that you know, religion is becoming more progressive in a lot of ways and more open to different mm-hmm. things. That's not really my experience, but for people who do have that experience, I can totally see. In many ways, it was my experience. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Like, that sense of community was a big reason why it was so difficult for yeah. me to break away. And so, I mean, it's a big reason why I think that I would still want my kids to go to, I mean, when I think about, like, do I or do I not want to take my kids to church, it's because I had that community, and See, I loved we just, like, showed up to church and went home. We never did anything with I was involved church. in all the activities, oh, which no. was, like... I was involved with all the young, other young people, and yeah. so I could see if you're a young person like Gen Z, and that's your experience, where you're getting to spend time with other young people in the same kind of way that I did, I yeah. can totally see how that could be your thing. Yeah, I do. Hold on, there's one more paragraph here. Go for it. Because I think that this is so sweet, and it's not a sister solidarity story, but it is like a wonderful father-daughter story. I love this. It's beautiful. Okay, I also wanted to share a funny tidbit about my dad. 
He was the father of three girls, so he was an awesome example of how to be a supportive man when dealing with all the periods that we had in my house. Yep. I used to have a really bad one. Like, seriously, I used to have to wear disposable underwear. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl. And he would sometimes have to bring me backup clothes, underwear to school if I had bled through, Babe. which was normal. Babe, yeah, it's awful. No. But when we would send him to the store to buy tampons or pads, he would be like, am I getting any with wings? They all seem to have wings these days. <laughs> it just warms my heart to think of how it was just a part of life, and he never made me feel shameful about it. And luckily for me, my now husband never made me feel that way either. Just a funny little story to share with you. Love you love. both. Ray John. Oh, girl. So sweet. Vanessa, I loved that. I so enjoyed it. It made me smile so big the first I know, time I it, read it. It really did this morning. I read it, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, that's so lovely. I know. So this is from one of our listeners, Annie, who has been very vocal with us in just conversations on Instagram, and she's fantastic. So big shout out to our love for Annie. She shared a sister solidarity story. She's spoken with us a bit before about what brought her to feminism in our podcast, and so this is kind of where I'll start in her story. As you know, the past three years, I dealt with a controlling and possessive boyfriend, girl, we feel you. <laughs> As a consequence of that, I lost practically all my friends and had no support system to lean on. My state of mind was almost always worry that I was doing something wrong or worry that I was not pleasing others. About six months ago, I started working at my first medical cannabis dispensary where I had aspired to help patients get their lives back and was giddy with excitement for a new positive environment. Long story short, I was it was not what I expected and I ended up moving to another dispensary in the state. It's only been a month, but I've been blown away at the difference. Our team is primarily women, and since day one, have always been supportive of each other. For example, just this past week, right before 420, one of our male employees snapped and started screaming in the shop, primarily directing his hatred toward our female assistant manager. He was consequently laid off, and ever since then, the sister solidarity has only grown stronger. I've had female friends in the past, but never felt a true sense of connection with anyone. Us ladies have made sure on a daily basis that we are all feeling comfortable, healthy, and more than understanding when we need a short break for self-care. We have even said that we prefer this strong female energy because of the prominent sense of empathy and compassion for each other. I am truly lucky to have found this group of ladies and am proud to now call them my friends. I found sister solidarity is not only strength, but genuine care for each other and concern about each other's well-being. Thanks for letting me share and rage on. Annie! Annie! We love you. Thank you so much for sending that in. I love that story. I mean, I think, Keegan, you and I can both relate to the beginning of that a lot and having maybe lost friends or lost touch with people because of a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I feel you when you have those connections with people, how, I don't know why the word invigorating is coming to my mind, which makes me think of skincare, but... um, It's very special, and it's because those relationships, those kind of, like, unhealthy relationships or partners can feel very isolating when you're in when you're in that situation, when you're yeah. in that relationship. It can feel very alone. So it's instrumental and important to not only having people who, who stick by you through that, but are also there for you on the other side to definitely. help you recover. Because there is, like, a recovery period. Oh, my gosh. You know, definitely. That happens after a relationship like that. You so. have to kind of relearn about 
not just relationships with men if you're straight, but relationships with just people in general Mm and and with yourself, too. Mm Kind of have to relearn about who you are as a person and what your beliefs are. And And what a a healthy relationship, whether that's friendship or romantic relationship, what that looks looks like. like. Yeah, Yeah. so the fact that, you know, you're already kind of able to see these harmful things in your workplace and, like, do what you need to do to get out of there and go to a new one. And then when that guy freaked out and then you all were kind of there to lean on each other, I think that's amazing that yeah, you're, you like, develop your own safe haven yeah and that you're able to already be smart enough to like realize all this mm-hmm. stuff because mm-hmm. that took me a long time like I didn't realize a lot of this stuff right away so I think that's fantastic and we loved getting your story we, we literally like finished recording and I looked down at my phone and I was like oh my god we got a sister solidarity story and I, I was know. so excited very exciting so we thank you so so much for sending that in it's a, an absolute joy it's been a joy corresponding with you you Annie and we've we've really just loved every second of it so thank you so much most definitely and guys I hope that these last couple weeks of sister solidarity stories have encouraged you to kind of reach out tell us some stories just tell us little tidbits be like hey I had a great conversation with my mom on the phone today the mm-hmm. end. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, someone we want to celebrate. Yeah, we want to celebrate that too. Everything that has to do with women supporting women, we love and want to hear about. We are into it. Into it. So, should we talk about where they can find us? Absolutely. Um, so, we said early in the episode, if you want to email us, email us your sister solidarity stories or your mom stories, or if you just want to reach out and say hi, you can do that at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. If you want to DM us with those, I think Annie DM'd us her sister solidarity yep. story. You can do that at Angry Neighborhood Feminist on Instagram, or you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm sorry that our Twitter isn't as active. I'm trying. I, I do try and update update it when we have new episodes, but yeah. um, that is Yamp, Y-A-N-F, podcast on Twitter. So yeah, you can also find us on Facebook. We're kind of all over, so... I want to get a group going. I think that's, like, what something on my list for, like, the weekend to kind of look into doing. Yeah. So we can have a community of people that can talk to each other. Yeah. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Are we working on Google Play? Is that back yet? Google Play is giving me issues, as is TuneIn. Um, both of them are having trouble with their feeds updating. Yeah. So last time I checked, we're behind on both of those platforms. But I have reached out to both platforms. Hopefully that will get resolved soon. Okay. We are sorry about that if it's not working. Yeah. But in the meantime, download that Radio Public app. It's For free. sure. It's free to you. If you usually listen on Google Play or TuneIn and it's not working or it's not updating for you, download the Radio Public app in the meantime and listen to us on there. Yeah, it's free for you. Good for us. Helps us get money. It's (laughs) It's great. All good. Let's see. Rate us on iTunes. Write us a review. Subscribe. Download things. Do the things. All the things. All the things. Word of mouth. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. It's all good. I have to do one thing for my best friend, Katie, because she... (laughs) was really drunk and FaceTimed me the other day and she was like, tell your podcast people I'm your best friend. So Katie. You got it, Katie girl. Katie, I love you and your <laughs> drunk self. And because you called me a bitch about a million times on that FaceTime call, you stupid bitch, I love you. <laughs> and with that, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine.
erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.